This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am your host, Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Brian Broadus, also from 105 Through the Fan. He's co-host of the G-Bag Nation Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m., and also a former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing excellent, Robert. Thank you very much. Good being with you as always. Yeah, and we got some uh, good news. You guys are are just overwhelming us with your support so far. We were, we got a couple emails from from the big bosses, and they're they're very happy about how you guys are tuning in. And so we appreciate all your support so far. We've got a lot of great stuff coming for you guys as we get into training camp uh, and and get closer to the season when there's some more of this stuff that we can dive into and, and some greater storylines, but uh, I don't know about you, Brian, but I mean, outside of just that, I kind of had a sense we were, we were doing pretty well because we've just gotten such great interaction with people on social media and, and things like that. Well, no, I, that's the, that's the thing. You're absolutely right, Bob. I, the, to me, I, people are very passionate about this football team and anything you could do, uh, you know, with you being an insider, me being a former scout and all those things, I, I kind of feel like that we could, we can we can do a we can have a different perspective on really what's going on, you know. Other than some other podcasts, I, and there's a lot of great podcasts out there. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I'm really looking forward to when we can get to two weeks from tomorrow that we'll all be in Oxnard and we can start this 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 grind together when it comes to this football team. And you know, and people are, are very passionate about it. And so there was never any doubt in my mind that things were going to work out as well as they, they have. And, and it really, it's, it, we're uh, really lucky that, you know, Cowboy Nation is a super part of this, uh, what we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very uh, thrilled that you guys have welcomed us in and uh, are, are adding us to your, your podcast playlist. So just wanted to give a quick thank you to you guys right out of the gate there. Uh, the first thing we're going to touch on today, Brian, is is actually something that, our uh, producer here, Peyton Russell, who also works at 105 Through the Fan, uh, something that he had uh, brought up earlier this week, and I thought it was a good one for us to touch on, and it's over-under. So what I want to do is I want us to take a look at a few players from the Cowboys and look at their 2021 performance and just kind of figure out on a few narrow topics of their stat line if we think they're going to go over or under that. And I think we can, you know, broaden that out uh, outside of just the statistical category to what it means that we expect from them this year. And so I think everybody is going to, you know, it has all their questions about Dak Prescott and how he's going to perform this year. And so the first one that I wanted to touch on, I was looking through his stat line, I was like, 37 touchdowns, that, that's quite a lot. I mean, if he's over that, then I think you're you're doing pretty well this season and and so, I, you know, I looked at his passer rating, which wasn't so bad, and I looked at a few different things, and I thought, 
How can we, uh, you know, what's one that might be a good representation of Dak not playing as well last year? Uh, Because his stats didn't always seem to indicate how poorly he was playing in the second half of the year. So the one I found was 10.9 yards per completion. And that was tied for the second lowest of his career. He had 11.8 in 2016, 10.8 in 2017, 10.9 in 2018. Then he was gangbusters in 2019 with 12.6 yards per completion and then 12.3 in 2020 before getting hurt. So last year was a definite step back, and I think you saw that in the way that they were kind of calling the offense. Everything was a lot more short and intermediate. Um, So that 10.9 yards per completion, do you think 2022 Dak Prescott is over or under that? Yeah, I think it's going to be over that. You know, and I'll tell you what, though, I've done a lot of, you know, the the sharp uh, numbers and stuff have come out, you know, the – Warren Sharp mm-hmm. and his group have come out with all their numbers and things like that. And, you know, not so much like the projections, but like where Dak Prescott was at his best and where he was at his absolute worst. And if you want to really know what Dak Prescott is, you know, there was some problems with him as far as uh, I think because of the calf, I think because of the worry, because of the, you know, the ankle and stuff like that. I think those were all issues for his numbers throwing on from with mobility or for movement, you know, what wasn't as good as what we've seen in those previous years we were talking about in 2019 and 2020. So, you know, I, I think that like, if you look at his stuff, like intermediate or the middle of the field, it, the numbers weren't really particularly great for that. But where he was great was down the field, the deep balls. Like he was the fifth best passer in the league when it came to those numbers. And so I, I see them, you know, taking advantage of some of those things. But I think a healthier Dak Prescott, you know, will the, I think the mobility numbers, the throwing on the move, I think, the, you know, working the middle of the field will be a little bit better for him. And I, 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 I see him. I, I, I think you're going to see the – the 2019, the 2020 type numbers where it was uh, a 20.6 and, and 20 point, or excuse me, 12.6 and then uh, 12.3. And, and I guess, you know, I, I kind of mentioned that it felt like they were, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Do you think that was because of the injury that it seemed like the yeah, offense was playing? I really playing? do. Because yeah. Kellen Moore definitely was calling things, you know, he's calling a shorter passing game than in years past. Yeah, I think he was calling things a little bit more conservatively when you look at, uh, you know, when you look at that, uh, you know, and and maybe it was about, it was maybe it's more about, you know, trying to protect Dak, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in some of these, uh, some of these situations where, you know, let's not make him have to move around in the pocket. Let's not make him have to, you know, do these, you know, do these, uh, these things where, it might put him in harm's way. So I, I kind of feel like, though, you know, Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, they need to go back. They need to go back to pre-injury Dak in order to, I think, make this team have some offensive success. Next one for you here, another guy on the offense who there's been a lot of discussion about. That's Ezekiel Elliott, and his is pretty basic. I think we're just looking at that 1,002 rushing yards, which – uh, you know, he got basically because they decided to play him in that last game against Philadelphia and really, you know, feed him the ball at the end. Otherwise, he may have been in jeopardy of, of not reaching that thousand yard rushing mark. 
Now, obviously, we know he was dealing with the injury last year, the knee injury, and that really slowed him down. He'd started off really, really hot the first four weeks of the season. A thousand two rushing yards, though. You think Ezekiel Elliott goes over or under that in twenty twenty two? You know what? I'm going to say with the questions that they have a little bit with the offensive line until they get that established. You know, it was a struggle to get where he got, but man, he was banged up. I feel like though that the offensive line will be better. I think they'll be once they figure out what's going on at left guard. Right tackle is still going to be a struggle for me, and I I get it. Terrence Steele has shown himself to be capable. I just worry about the power there, and I worry about okay, what's going to happen at point of attack? Uh, you know, if you if you look at the at the Cowboys' point of attack rushes and stuff like that, I mean that was a that was kind of a struggle for them. You know, if you you know overall, if you look at where they ran the ball. You know, it was really inside that was some of their best work last year. It wasn't anything that was going outside. So, and a lot of it has to do because of what's going on, I think, with the with the tight ends at that point of attack. They need to get that. The tackles and the tight ends need to do a little bit better job on that. C.D. Lamb, uh, now when I was looking at his numbers, I think his numbers are going to go up just based off of the fact that he's he's going to get number one opportunities now with Amari Cooper gone. And so, I, I mean, I think you're naturally going to see the volume go up. The one area where I was kind of looking through a stat line, I was like, all right, here's one that I think we can touch on. Uh, the six receiving touchdowns. He had six last year. He had five as a rookie. Uh, I don't know that he's been their, their, the red zone guy that they, they necessarily expected. They used Amari a lot in the red zone. Dalton Schultz was a big red zone target last year, had eight touchdown receptions. Um for CeeDee Lamb, now that he is the number one guy, do you think he's going to be used more in the red zone? And, and do you see that as an over or under on the touchdowns? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, if you look, go back again, and just kind of, I've been digging in on these sharp, you know, these numbers and stuff from what I've seen. You know, Dak Prescott's ability to throw the ball in the red zone was actually, you know, pretty, pretty good. And so if you look at with completion percentages and stuff like that down there, you know, I kind of have a feeling, though, that we'll see that we'll see, you know, Dak have success and see Lamb have some success down there. You know, I, I was I was I was surprised, to be honest with you. I really, really was. When you look at, you know, those accuracy numbers that I was talking about, Bobby, you know, down, you know, down in the red zone, you know, he, he was it was not not a bad situation down there. I mean, it was really. You know, like he was 11th in the league, 75% you know, completion percentage down there in the red zone when you start talking about all throws and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to say CeeDee Lamb is probably going to have some success down there. Who You know, we saw last year that when Michael Gallup came back, he's obviously their deep ball target, but we saw them use him in the red zone some. He had that toe-tap touchdown against yeah. New Orleans, I think. Uh, with Amari Cooper gone, who Amari Cooper was always really good at getting separation really quickly. That's what, one of the things that made him a great receiver inside the 10, I think. Um, 
when you look at this season, who do you think they're going to lean on more? Obviously, CeeDee Lamb's the number one, but who do you think they're going to lean on more inside the 10? Is that going to be more a Gallup or a, uh, a Lamb role, do you think? I think to me, you know, with Gallup, I mean, his ability to go up and get the ball, high point the ball, to be honest with you, I could see Dalton Schultz being involved down here too, yeah. you know, because, you know, let's go back and remember the days of like when this, when offense, you know, the, during the Jason Garrett administration, Jason Witten was a very good red zone player because he knew how to create space. He knew how to work off coverage. He knew how to kind of find where he needed to be. And I can see, you know, sometimes these tight ends get lost down there. You know, they get lost in the flow and delays and things like that. So I can see, I can see, uh, Dalton Schultz ha- being the one that having maybe the most success down in that red zone area. Next one for you, uh, Micah Parsons. And this is one where I think uh, Micah Parsons was great last year, and I, I don't have any doubt that he'll continue to be great. I think you could see him build on last season and be a better player and maybe not put up the same sack numbers and, and not because right. he's performing any worse. I just I, I could see the opportunities being a little bit less with Sam Williams here, Dante Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I, I could also see teams really kind of honing in on him and trying to make sure to stop him. But 13 sacks for Micah Parsons. Are you going over or under that in 2022? I'm, I'm going to go under on that. I, I think that teams are going to be uh, more – I think teams are going to be more conscious of what's going on with him. I think it'll free up some other guys. I, you always say that when, when a guy has high – now, this is where Dan Quinn, I think, is going to earn his pay. Because you can't just line him up on the right side or left side. I believe seven of his sacks were from the linebacker position yeah, last year. Yeah. So I creativity, if we're talking about creativity on the offense, you better have creativity on the defensive side of the ball. And I think there's some ways that that Dan Quinn is going to find a way to get Michael Parsons' sacks. I just don't know if he's going to be able to have the success. He's faced double teams and stuff like that. But 13, I think, is a tall order again this year. Cross from Trayvon Diggs. I know everybody likes to talk about picking on Trayvon Diggs and all the yards he gives up and everything like that. But, I mean, he did have 11 interceptions. Teams were challenging him a lot less in the second half of the season because of that. Um, I I think that'll probably give Anthony Brown some more opportunities on the ball. So, Anthony Brown's three interceptions last year, which I believe were a career high. Uh, are we going over or under, or maybe a push on that for Anthony Brown in 2022? Three interceptions. I think I'm going to go over on that. I think Anthony Brown. I, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm buying Anthony Brown because I kind of feel like I kind of feel like when you look at Anthony Brown, you know, other than the first game and other than that that Thanksgiving Day game against the Raiders. I felt like Anthony Brown was outstanding. And it, it, whether you like pro football focus or, you know, all that stuff, you know, I think that, you know, that might be something that, you know, they say, hey, well, time's thrown at him. You know, his ability to stay in position. You know, all these metrics that they like to measure these defensive backs on, he was pretty strong in all categories. And I, I'm going to say, you know, he's been one of those guys that every year – it's been one or two interceptions. Last year, like you said, it was three. I can see him being in a position where maybe he's a guy that gets somewhere between 
four and six interceptions just because I think that he's one of those guys that is a outstanding player in that way. I think he, I think he's got really good ball skills. I think he plays really tight coverage. So yeah, I, I could see him getting somewhere between four and six interceptions this year. Now the one that I think may be the most crucial one we've talked about. It'll be the final over under for you. And this was this is a tough one, Brian. Tyron Smith, eleven games played in twenty twenty one. Are we going over or under in twenty twenty two? You know what? I, I the thing that I worry the most about Tyron Smith is you worry about the back, you worry about the neck, which I think he's got that kind of fixed. But the problem that he the problem that he struggles with is that again that people falling on the ground around him. You know, he can be blocking, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Tyler Biotis gets knocked to the ground, or 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 you know, Travis Frederick, or not so much Frederick, but we'll see what happens at the left guard spot. And all of a sudden, there's there's bodies on the ground, and then he gets rolled over on. I think that's where there's been some problems, to be honest with you. I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say we get over 11 games. I don't know that yeah, it'll be I think so too. I, I don't know I that it'll be so more too. than like 13 or 14, so but I, I, I do think, think so that too. I do think that he'll play over. Uh you're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, joined as always with my uh, co-host Brian Broadus. Uh, the Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 